Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Oh my God. This ball's thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. That's a great catch by David Tyree. Welcome to Catch the Moment Podcast. I'm your host, David Tyree. Excited to have you back for another week where we're going to take you through to the process, the journey that's going to get you to your next moment. And listen, might as well call this a family and friends episode because I got family and he's been a longtime friend of mine. He is an endurance trainer. He's a longtime artist. Dude got bars, y'all. But even more so, he's like my local MacGyver. He can get it all done. Jack of all trades, master of many. Nelson Diaz, thanks for being with me, my boy. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. This is a family affair, so. This is definitely family, man. Good to have you at the orange table. I had to throw in a little cues, love, but I know you ain't got no ties, but just put that out there. Zero tie. You're the tie to cues. Good enough, Good enough, man. So, um, I mean, this is kind of like the, the, the intro vibe, right? It's, you know, catch the moment. Everybody knows me for the helmet catch, so I got to ask you, and I don't even know if I've really ever ask you this question you know where were you the first time you ever saw the helmet catch and you know what were the thoughts any story you know a little context at the moment you never asked me because had you asked me you probably wouldn't have invited me <laughs> for this episode so i can't believe we gotta start off like this this might not go well from here it's all good uh, from this point forward but um i'm I, b- before i tell you where i was i'm home team Okay, Jersey bet. born and bred head, so you know all my life I've been rooting for the New Jersey football giants. Okay, we switching up. We, no, Let's no, go, Jersey. No, we, we just got clear the air real quick. Um, <laughs> if you're playing scrimmages, playing games, everything is in New Jersey, but yeah. you're titled or, or the business side is from another state, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're still... Still New Jersey? I, I love New York. <laughs> a lot of family, a lot of friends. I love y'all in New York. Um... It's New Jersey football, football Giants. New York done took so much from New Jersey. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm Jersey too. This I'm trying. This trying to hold, okay. I'm, I'm trying to hold it in. I'll let it go after this. It's the biggest one. Usa. Statue of Liberty is in New Jersey water. Wow. Is that a bar? Whoa. But what happened, it's an exclave. So it's New York property surrounded by New Jersey water. How is no one talking about this? Oh, so uh, <laughs> I have no bitterness towards New York. I love my New York people. I just had to clear the air. Certain things I've been holding on for about 20, 30 years. <laughs> no, no problem. Holding in. So um, home team all day, always rooting for the Giants. Had no clue who David Tyree was. Yeah. Uh, as I, was watching that g- <laughs> I, was, I was watching the game. I was probably getting chips or food for people. Uh, because I just remember coming back, everyone's like, wow, 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 I can't believe it. I'm looking at what happened. And then I see this thing, and it's like, wow, that was amazing. Maybe they'll even say it's a fair catch. <laughs> and, and that's it. I think I was either at uh, um, my place or uh, one, one of my buddies. Place. God, you was hanging so out with my family. Just Family's there. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, yeah. all the Giants fans going crazy. Good vibes. Yeah, yeah. And they're and they're the fans that know all the players. Yeah, Man, I'm just home team. I'm rooting for you. You're Go just home team. You. Just I'm just home team. This, bro. Well, listen. Obviously, like I said, from that for that moment led to many moments of, of ourselves. But um, you know, because we I, I connect with you maybe a couple years after the after the helmet catch, a year or two after the helmet catch, actually a year, right? So that's oh wait, we met. I think it was the day after 
Plaxico G checked his thigh. <laughs> That's 08. When, That's when 08. the rest of the team had a game. Yeah. You and Plaxico were in Elizabeth. Well, I might I, I might have checked in with him early, but obviously I'm definitely not me. I was not there. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Then it must have been a week after whatever it was. Yeah, the, yeah. the team had had a game. Uh, we met at Christ Fellowship. Yeah. It was you, Plaxico, and I forgot who else. He and did then, come. Yeah. And I remember Plaxico. And I, I mean, I recognize Plaxico, I should say. Yeah. I thought you were his bodyguard. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Yo, times is hard out here for the champ. Are, are we okay to continue? Hey, listen, are now. Are we, are we, am I kicked out now? Am I, I'm so cool. This is okay. legendary right Just here. Just making sure. Listen, let me find out. <laughs> I was I was the uh, I was I was the acquaintance I, I was his acquaintances uh, I was just the dude and listen man I'm cool with that but that's that's actually part of my whole vibe just to be a regular dude and it's worked out well for me for the most part um, so that that's when we began to link up but man I mean you've had one of these super duper powerful stories so I want you to kind of put me and I and I guess where I really want to start is you know. I know that you're this massive overcomer. Your your stage name is Nelson Runaway Diaz, right? So Runaway, people know you as Runaway in certain um, areas as an artist. So where where does the Runaway come from, and it's lasted with you throughout, um, you know, your your life lifetime? Yeah. So um, when I left Jersey uh, to start my life over, uh, I headed to the Southwest, and out there, one of my one of my friends. Um, Hanging out in the streets, I used to roll with a, a, a circle of MCs and stuff, and mm-hmm. and um, I'd be in state, out of state, upstate, and I'd come back and uh, just just casually we was out, I think drinking or getting ready to go drinking or whatever. And yeah. one of my boys looked at me, and says, "You move like a runaway. We can never keep track of you. You're always here. You're there." And then the other one was like, "That's your name. That's your name, runaway." So it was, it was given to me by by MCs in yeah. the streets and. And um, now it represents, represents something completely different. But even then, it was way better than my, my prior yeah. street name, rapper name, which was Puerto Rican Assassin. So Runaway's a lot easier Port- to swallow, a lot easier to... Definitely a little easier, definitely a little more palatable, more, uh, you know, right, right. more digestible. Um, so like I said, it started out... So, so get into it. You, obviously, you're not a stranger to adversity, and we know that even to, you know, on its healthiest means that adversity builds character. I know you to be that. So describe the environment and the journey that you grew up that was, you know, that shaped your formative years and, you know, how you became this, you know, began this this journey of an overcomer. It's interesting because the journey I'm, I'm about to talk, speak on and describe is, is actually something that I'm just now in my older years able by the grace of God to connect the dots to really understand mm. me. You know, and some of my issues and some of my challenges and sure. some of my successes as a result of the issues and challenges. Yeah. Um, so, you know, raised with a mom and dad, you know, in the home for a certain amount of years. Mm-hmm. They had their issues on and off relationships. Um, it was a violent home. It, it, it was Physically it, violent? It, emotionally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All, all, all of it. All the words end in L-Y. <laughs> kind of uh, mentally, emotionally, you know. Sure. But even in that, as, as crazy as it sounds, there was love. And maybe it's just because that was the environment. I, I understood it. Sure. So, um, and then eventually, my parents split up for good. I was 12 years old. And, you know, that kind of flipped a switch in my head where for the first time, 
And I'm able to, to speak on it now under, with understanding, whereas before I would just speak on it casually. Yeah. Oh, single parent home, 12. Prior to that, it was just all violence anyway. That led me to this, led me to that. But man, what I just realized probably about a, a, a month or two is that at 12 years old, that's when I first realized how, how alone I was against the world to a certain degree. Because mm. my father wasn't there anymore. Okay. My father's a truck driver, so even when he'd come home from work, he'd drive past the school, I'd get in the truck. There's just that safety net yeah. you know, of, of, of a dad, of a father figure. Yeah. He has your back. That's fair. And the streets don't necessarily mess with people who have a, a, a crazy dad in the home. 100%. <laughs> and I had that. Yeah. So, so there was so much safety and security, and you know, when, when he, was, he was gone, he was still um, in arm's length away, lived sure. in the same city, we, you know, but... That just started uh, a domino effect in my life that, that didn't bode well for, for many years. What, what city? Elizabeth. Oh, yes. Eastwick! Just, just, yeah, yeah, just, just for context. Yeah, it, it's real, especially, especially back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, his departure and the family breakup just flicked a switch where I, I, I had to decide to, to go all out. Mm. I, I'm on my own. I, I, I got to while out. Because now it's just me. I have an older brother. I had other younger brothers, but uh, my older brother was living a different life than myself. You know, Got you. Uh, he had opportunities, job opportunities, stuff like that. Calling for me, the streets were calling. So the mm. only way to, you know, I'm answering the phone like an idiot. So the only way to really make it was to kind of, <laughs> you know, hello. So streets. it was a survival switch in your mind at that point. Once the safety net, we gotta go. Gotta number one, survive. But then find these environments that you know. Now was it something? in light of the streets that you gravitated toward, just in light of whatever was going on inside of you? Honestly, I think it was the relationships. Okay. You know? That's real. Um, I've always been a real loyal person. So even when people did me wrong, mm-hmm. the, the natural thing for most people is to just move away from me. I'm more um, forgiving. Yeah. Probably, again, thinking of it so many years later, maybe because that would be another safety net mm. stripped from me. You know what I'm saying? I, I'd okay. be letting go of something that I'm comfortable with that's that's you know around I, I don't know how to describe at least you I'm know, just trying to figure it out. Well you know, I, I kinda you know and I think when you I have I have similar attributes when you when you when you you're looking for something that's lasting when you're a loyal person you value the attribute and you're willing to give it just for the opportunity that it lasts. But you know I think like most loyal people you can you kinda get burned and you learn. <laughs> yeah you know, I, I was I was working teenager, um, me and two friends and um we, got, we get paid in cash. I mean, we we're, were just doing some cleaning jobs uh, at a church. And it, we'd spend eight hours there. And uh, we'd work for the other four. We'd just playing. We'd just run around mm-hmm. playing tag, doing, doing stupid stuff. But anyway, we get paid cash. And, and, and I had a trip coming up in a couple of days with the youth crew. We we're going to go to Mexico, do some work at, a, at an orphanage. And, you know. Yeah. And um, I lost my cash envelope. Mm. And so I, I told my partner, oh, man, I'm... You know, see if you can help me find it, you know. And I was embarrassed. So at the end, he says, you know, Nelson, did you find it? I said, oh, yeah, I found it. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> Left to Mexico, empty pockets, had to borrow money, you know, just to buy some souvenirs for, for my, you know, for my oh, family. I'm, I think I'm 14, 15 years old, all kinds of insecurities. I come back, and then my boy says, one of them says, hey, just so you know, I found your envelope. This, you know. But you said, but you said you found it. You said you so, found it. So I let you, you know, you lied to me, so I let you leave with nothing. So I was like, all right, that seems fair. He said, Oof. but I took, but I, but I used forty dollars. 
<laughs> and I was expecting him to say, but I give it back. So that line but, cost but, you $40, but, but he gave it. But you. that was it. So, so then I was like, ah, keep it. You know, don't worry about it. But like, that's an example right there. You know, mm. when even, even your, your tightest circle, sure, you know, finds a way to do your dirty, yeah. even when you're dirty yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's definitely part of the ropes. And, and, you know, like I said, I'm I'm 42. You know I'm not I'm not going to ask you I'm not going to ask your age because you you know you look way younger than your age. I know you're a little old. 74. <laughs> no doubt. So, but no, but like I said, I think in that era we had a lot more experience, a lot more liberties and freedom, whether it was justified or, or not. But that led to a lot more. You know, you talk about 13, 14 years old, and you out here. You know, talk. Tell me your thoughts in general, and we're going to get back on track as far as just the journey. But your thoughts about even that idea, knowing that we're kind of growing up in a safety net society, you know, what's the risk, benefits, or, you know, in relation, you know, you raise, you raise children, you raise children, and we're far more protective in light of what we experience. Give me some quick thoughts, even, even on that, in light of your experience and how it's cultivated strong character, being able to have a good measure of discernment. What's your thoughts? Uh, I think um, there are safety nets that, that are necessary, especially when Raising children, yeah, um, uh, and then there are those that enable. They're not safety nets; they're enabling nets. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes, it, it's, it's 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 a bubble. One hundred percent. One bubble can protect and steer and guide and and, and help develop uh, individuals, and the other one just just keeps them with this false sense of of reality of who they are, what sure. they can accomplish, and I think that's a society we're living right, living right now where. Um, you know, uh, truth depends on how you feel today. Mm. And um, that that's not a safety net. That's, <laughs> that, that's not a way to raise children. Um, a lot of my success has come because of a ton of failures. If there's a way to fail, I guarantee you I found it. Yeah. I probably walked down that path or, or, or at least <laughs> thought about it long and hard. Um, <laughs> but but one of the things that, that's a blessing and a curse is, is um, I'm pretty candid, transparent, black and white, not a sugarcoat type of guy yeah, yeah. Um, but as a father you need to you, you can't be the hard wall you know you could still be a wall but yeah, yeah. it could be foam padding you know? <laughs> I call be, it uh, the vel- I call it the velvet brick <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so so uh, I'm trying to communicate that those realities and, yeah. and, and, and make sure it's the right safety net and and Develop understanding, sure, you know, uh, in the kids, and and it's easier for me to speak to my son or to males because we have similar experiences as sure. males, you know, and there's less sugar required. Absolutely, um, Get straight to it, straight to it. It's good know? living as and a man. Then, uh, it's like, hey, you know, you're gonna you're gonna choose to to love me or hate me based on on what I say, yeah. regardless. You know, as much as it would hurt, I'd rather you hate me for me telling you the truth. And preparing you for reality than for you to hate me because one day you realized I was enabling you and setting you up to fail. Yeah. Even even although I love you. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You know, so I'm not sure if that answered anything that you had. No, asked, no, no. You, you, you hit on a few of them, man. So I'm, I'm going to put you back on track in relation to just, just some of the journey. Where did music come from? You talked about obviously moving from New Jersey to Arizona. At what point does this begin to pick up and become something for you as far as just in your DNA your way of influence, impact, and communicating. Um, dope artists. I'll never forget my favorite song, Tyree, on them. I mean, like, we, we, we got to we, we pull that back out right there. But Funny, when I was younger, I, I used to love rock. That was, rock music was my thing. 
Uh, That's wildly surprising. To, to middle school. And then in middle school, um, I had this class. I forgot what it was called. But one of the projects we had, we had to create a 30-second commercial. And so okay. I, I created a 30-second commercial uh, about Dino Bright toothpaste. Uh, <laughs> my brand, my patent. Uh, Dino Bright toothpaste. And I wrapped it. And then Oops, you know, I just thought it was just something fun to do, right? Um, what happened was there was this one uh, dude that was a solid rapper. Like he had the respect of everybody in middle school. Yeah. And so these people heard me rapping automatically. It was like, oh, Nelson's rapping. <laughs> it's Nelson against Anthony in a lunchroom tomorrow. And I was like, <laughs> so... Those that, were the good old days. That's the beginning of, of the journey because I went home that night. And so my first rap was about Dino Bright toothpaste. Yeah. Second rap was a battle rap. And I'm, um, I don't name drop often, but when I do, I try to make it so you can't find out who I'm talking about. <laughs> but my boy Sahid, um, so I, my first battle rap. Yeah. I, I was going off on Sahid because he had a big head. So going so off I, on. I was just trying to find ways to. And then the next day, I'm ready in the cafeteria and it just didn't happen. So, but but from that point forward, like you realized was, so. was one of my things. Um, yeah, yeah. And then uh, was getting into trouble in uh, uh, in Jersey. Um, went out to the Southwest, as I mentioned, and linked up with some rappers. Just coincidentally yeah. working a, a telemarketing job, and a couple of rappers were there, so they introduced me to their friends and got involved with the with that circle. Um, I knew that you know I, I was somewhat talented in rap, you know, and I caught on pretty quick. But, um, but I had more of a business mind, so my thought was, you know what, let me manage these rappers. So, so that's essentially what I was doing. I, oh, I ended okay. up managing rappers from uh, Arizona, New York, New Jersey, um, and one from Cali. And this is, you know, uh, mid-90s, you know, so that was my way uh, into music. They were amazing. Yeah. I, I always said, and I still say to this day, uh, those people, you know, from the rising slums, segregated lands in the mountains and sun, they know who they are. Uh, <laughs> they, they were on par with 99% of top tier rappers. They were just undiscovered. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I think so that God, was the age when New York City had the, had the, had the, the whole game on the chokehold and it was almost like no one else existed. Listen, at the same time, I'm glad we, we didn't blow up because my, my brain was <laughs> somewhere else. Wouldn't have been here today. Uh, you know, but um, yeah. And then, and then eventually um, a couple of things happened, which we could get into if you want to, but, but, Started, oh, we're going to get into that's it. That's right. Started, started changing my way of thinking. Uh, so I, I left Jersey with a clean record, ended up uh, in, in Arizona. Bro, in, let's, in, let's, in, let's get to it. a dirty record. And uh, <laughs> my mom was going through money problems. So, mm. so I was like, you know what? Let me go back home, take care of moms. So um, such a limitation. So um, <laughs> I ended up traveling. With some things to get back to Jersey that would help mom and I'm out financially. And uh, throughout that process, uh, I ended up uh, stopping by the church where, where I had some of my friends. They, they all knew I had a screw loose or two, but they... Of course. They all did. They accepted me. So God just started working my life, started changing certain things. So um, subtly. So what I ended up doing, just to... Just to go ahead. You gonna have to rewind, all right? Because you, you I speak, took it. you because you transparent, bro. We 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 here at the table. So oh, all right, okay, so yeah. there there there. You said you, you had a clean record to dirty record. What what happened? Like meaning like, and you already talked. You already made the illusions about the street. 
you know, what was your level of involvement in the street? Was it something that actually, you know, you talk about having this click, and we all got this wild side, but ultimately, you know, it, it had to be tamed. You had to grow. You had to make decisions. What did you actually get arrested for? And what what was the, you know, what what did it produce? You know, what was the what was the lesson uh, before you kind of hit that transformative moment, how God was drawing you? Questions like these uh, assure me that you must have full-time employment ready for me, uh, just in case some of these responses <laughs> start a domino effect in a certain direction. No, um, listen, you know, my, my story is Respectably, what it is. respectably. Yeah. So um, aggravated assault, aggravated robbery, several, several charges was what, what, what was up against me. Um, ended up having a, a, a one of those friends that, that I forgave uh, yeah. snitch on me. Um, Ooh. Hey, listen, listen. Ooh. I gotta say, I gotta say, maybe I needed that. Yeah. Maybe, now, did maybe you feel I, that way? Did that. you feel that way at the time? Uh, at the time, my, my way of thinking is so different than most people, and I don't mean that in a, in a pat myself on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, it didn't phase me. I didn't really think about it. I just looked at it as, man, this guy's a sucker, but he's my friend. He's a sucker, and he's my friend. So, so <laughs> I just, I, I saw him afterwards. And it was built different. It was just one of those things where I was like, hey, that was dirty. And watch out, because so-and-so's looking for you, you snitched on him, too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, but, but yeah. My mindset, you know, I'm just, you know. Just moving on. Just moving on. So um, so uh, those those charges didn't stick for some sure. reason. Witnesses don't always show up. Yeah. So uh, those charges didn't stick. Went through a process, ended up pleading out in order just to get this, put this thing behind Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Um, so that landed me in prison. It's a whole bunch of lessons. lessons prison burritos. There. Prison burritos. We got to talk about it because you threw it out there. Prison burritos, bro. So, <laughs> and I know I'm not supposed to have my hand on the table, but uh, one of the things I learned in prison, Arizona prison, is uh, shout out to my Mexicans too. Prison burritos. You get stuff from commissary, ramen noodles. They used to have, I can't find yeah. it anymore. They used to have uh, um, roast beef in a can. So you got Ooh. your ramen noodles. You throw some roast beef in a can. Yeah. You got your hot pot, your hot pots. You get those you know, however you get them. And then <laughs> you warm it up you, at prison burritos. Now, some people have more commissary. They load it up with stuff, you know. I got to, um, you know, I got to, I had to give prison burritos a shout because, but, you know, to me, when I, when I think of prison burritos, I always think of you in, in, in the, the attitude uh, or your, your disposition of gratitude, meaning like there was nothing far from you from the moment that your evolution as, as a servant, evolving as a man, Obviously, you know, um, you know, I, I want to get into this place where this collision happens and, and transformation happens, renewing of the mind. Um, you mature and start moving in a different direction. But, I, you know, that's what Prison Burritos is for me. It's like, yo, there was a moment that I could connect in my experience where this is what I was dealing with. This was, this was filet mignon for us. <laughs> this was a treat, right? That's so, the only way I looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that day or those days, we were eating good. Uh, eating, eating real <laughs> and all good. it took was a flour tortilla with some ramen <laughs> and some meat. The I'm glad, glad y'all enjoyed it. We got to do it again. Simple thing. Simple thing. All right. So, um, give me. I'm gonna pivot real quick. So, give me. Yeah, talk, I'm talk, lost. talk to me about a little bit. Of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot where we get you back on track. Let me get you back on track, bro. Talk to me a little bit about your mindset and your approach to 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 success in general, right? Like so. What do you, you know, because I, I, I call you MacGyver, being like, you're one of the few people I know that actually really can do many things well. So, you know, 
What what about you? Is there like just this insane idea of belief about you? What are some of the practices that you put in place that that push you into these areas where you can find success and add value in, in a lot of different ecosystems? I wish it was deep. <laughs> go ahead, go for it. It gotta be honestly, deep. We want it as simple as straight. Yeah. Something needs to be done and somebody's gotta do it. Yeah. And if those with the talent, experience, and education aren't available or don't have the desire, I, I, I kind of view the majority of things in life as nuts and bolts and, and wires. You just got to know which nuts go with which bolts and which wires to connect. And Love it. you got 95% of everything in life figured out. It takes some time. I mean, if you're working on a car, you know, more, more dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But same concept. It's just wires and Metal pieces. You just got to figure out where they go. And, and uh, not saying I do stuff haphazardly. I do the research. But yeah, it's not not really too deep. But at the same time, I don't know, now that I'm thinking on my feet here, at the same time, maybe it is. Because I, I do enjoy seeing something to completion. Mm. I, I do value that in yeah. my life. So, so maybe it is deeper than I, than I initially uh, uh, alluded to. Yeah. I oh. do get some satisfaction out of it. You That's know? huge. I don't look for the pat on the backs. Um but there is some fulfillment that I find. Why? Yeah. I don't know. Could it be because of a lack or a void somewhere in, in, in my, probably, or that's just the way I'm wired. No? Nah, I think you said, you said it perfectly. You know, I, I like to major in simplicity because a lot of times the, you know, the world and, and even just for the sake of, I, I enjoy reading. I enjoy, you know, intellect. I enjoy some higher things, but at the end of the day, it's practicality that allows us to apply things, right? Like if I can, just get the next step that's going to move me along and actually do something, then I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel better about my, my growth process. That's insanely valuable, um, what you just talked about. So talk to me, when, when does, you know, like I said, like when do, when do you really kind of like land a plane and find stability, begin to enter in things that are more meaningful and purposeful along your journey? So going back to, 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 to the managing rappers and all that stuff, I, I started... The business is really what started my, my, my change because just looking at it from marketing and promotions, you know, that's back in the day when you had the parental advisory stickers on your, uh, on your tapes, you know, yeah. and that reduces your market that, you know, that reduces the, the you know, uh, uh, the base you're trying market to market share. Know that. All of a sudden. Yeah. So, um, you know, all these rappers, the majority of them that I'm talking about, they all had some college under them. They're all lyricists. Yeah, fish with the tongue, with the words, with with, with all yeah. that wordplay. So, so, yeah, so I'd be like, "Hey, y'all don't need to be cursing." <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you only curse with two things. Number one, because you lack the words to express yourself. You guys don't lack that. Yeah. Or, or if you got frustration, that's your uh. That's yeah, not, that's real okay, energy. I understand it, but if it's just because that's what everyone's doing, and maybe maybe huh. dumbing down your lyrics is easier for other people to absorb. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not the reason. Duplication will get you money, but originality, that's long-lasting. So that's what I would tell my guys. But You was trying to make them like a young Kanye. You was trying to bring them on to the Chance the Rapper lane, hey, I guess. If that's good, then yeah. <laughs> um, so so I, they were pushing back. It's not mm. us, Nelson. It's not us. And that's fine. So I said, all right. And that's when I said, you know what? Then I'm going to rap myself. I'm going to do what, they, what, what, what they're not interested in doing because oh, I'd rather... Make money. So again, it was the business side. I'd Got rather it. make money than, than the alternative, which is make music that, you know. So then that, that's where my transformation started happening because of business. Now, um, and I started cleaning up my life. Uh, one, of my, one of those rappers, matter of fact, he, he used to, uh, 
I used to call uh, women all types of names except their birth names. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Just out of habit. So um, one day he pulled me to the side. He's like, Nelson, why don't you try um, maybe just say lady? <laughs> like a he real said, nice suggestion. Like, he said, you know, maybe. Yeah, he said, just say lady instead of this word or that. Just say lady. Yep. He said that, that, that worked for him. Yeah. So I've started replacing words. So my derogatory words towards, towards women yeah. uh, were lady. Lady, mm. lady, lady. Then that just became the word. It's like, man, stop saying lady. Say too much now. But um, <laughs> but that's you know that was part of the process. Cleaning up my language, all yeah. because all because of business, all because trying to try to get to the next interesting. level. Um, where the life transformation happened was in one of those visits back to church, uh, to visit my friends. Um, I was sitting there, and I'm not going to pretend like I can adequately or accurately describe what happened. But inside of me, yeah. somehow. I heard, though it wasn't with my ears, I heard God say, this is where you belong. Ooh. That was it. This is, this is where you belong. And, and I was just like, okay, this is where I belong. So Ooh. just started, started gravitating more towards uh, things that, uh, uh, that are eternal, that yeah. last, yeah. you know. Um, and, and, and being raised in church, I knew the, the, the foundational stuff, the sure. fundamental stuff, um, but I knew it. You know, as a kid, I lived some of it. Then as my situation got worse um, as a kid, you know, I gravitated towards whatever hot mess was calling me. Sure. But um, so that's where the that's where, where it happened. And then I just started changing. And then. Um, so so I, I uh, told my, my younger brother, I said, hey, uh, I need you to come with me. And. Um, so I grabbed grabbed the book bag, duffel bag and. Mm -hmm. Walked through the streets of Elizabeth, took him with me to the police department. And he's like, what are, you, what are we doing here? Mm. He's like, what you, I just want to see. I don't name drop often, but when I do, it's for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, Avery Lowry. Okay. Can't remember if he's Shout detective, Avery. sergeant, unsure if he's alive. If anybody from Jersey knows that family, I believe he's in South Jersey or his family's in South Jersey. Um, for years, I was trying to get a hold of him, but mm -hmm. you don't just give street people uh, retired police officer's <laughs> home address for obvious reasons. So, but uh, that man made an impact in my life in, in, in so many different ways in my whole family's life because all of us were straying in different directions. He was always there to try to bring us back in. But anyway, man, I went to see him. I got I to gotta even submit that shout out because, you know, officers are under fire in general, right? And we don't, we don't hear those stories of people who are actually doing the job well above and beyond. I mean, like genuinely there for people in their community. Big shout. Above and beyond, my, my, one of my sisters um, used to run away. He'd be the one that volunteered to go find her, bring her home. Mm. Um, I'm locked up. My younger brother, who's unfortunately following my footsteps, Yeah. Uh, I've heard he, he cracked somebody over the head with a baseball bat. He's the police officer that went to get my brother. Man. Juvie lunch already passed. He took him out to eat lunch because he knew yeah. he had missed lunch in Juvie. It's just that extra care, yeah. you know. He had me involved in, in, in junior Marines, and it was me and these other two guys, these other two brothers um, that I used to hang with, and um, he just, you know, Pops was in the house. He just brought yeah. us in, and we do stupid stuff, and he'd be there to just corral us in, you know. So, so above and beyond, I mean, but in so many ways. I mean, I he, imp it. he impacted every member of my family at the time. I love it. You know, uh, brought some sort of peace to my mom, knowing that he was out there looking out for us because, you know, Pops wasn't, as available, you know, as we were hoping to. So uh, head to the police department and um, 
go inside and uh, I said, hey, Avery, I said, uh, I just want my brother to, to see me, uh, to observe me, um, giving you this because I'm, I'm changing my life. Mm. And Avery unzips the bag and, and, mm. and, um, and then Avery says, oh, you mean you found this in the street and you're turning it in, you know? And, and I was like, no, 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 that it's mine, but I need my brother to see that I'm changing my life. I want him. <laughs> and, then, and then Avery's looking around, police officers everywhere. And he's like, oh, so you mean you found this in the street? And you're turning it in. <laughs> and that's when it clicked that he was trying to spare that's me sad. some unfortunate. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that's what I said. I found it in the street. I want my brother to see me turning it in. You know? And then after, I'm, yeah, so I'm not going to go on. He, no, he tried to help us even beyond that. I mean, so, but that, that, that's where the true transformation started happening. And it just started manifesting itself in yeah. my life and uh, through tons of failure afterwards. You know, you get the not-so-finished yeah. product that's before you today. Well, I think there has to be a starting point, right? You know, you know, we call it change, repentance. You know, everybody hits a road to Damascus, whether, you, whether you're a Christian or not. There's a moment where people have to make decisions about who they want to become, how they want to live their life, someone or something that's more meaningful. And um, just by virtue of, obviously, clearly God's own desire for you, here you are in the back of church and there's something in there's there's something inside calling you home. Powerful, super powerful. So expound more on the name Runaway, right? Because now, you know, still to this day, um, you're an endurance athlete. You know, you got to, you know, like, and, and like I said, expi- maybe, expi- maybe it means more than that, but you're still running, right? So, so, yeah, 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 yeah. so you, you've been running a lot of different ways. So I'm gonna let it, you know. I'm gonna let your name take the take the journey and move us into your um your your career. I would even say at this point as yeah. an attorney. That. So it's funny because, like I said, you know, that's a name I didn't give myself. So sure, it, it, it matched with who I was at a certain moment. And I when I when I changed, it went from what I was running from to what I'm running to. And, ah, um, I like you know, it. Uh, but but you know, a lot of people on, on the right side of the fence were saying, "You could you, you're a new man. Now, so you need to just get rid of." that name, come up with a new name. And, yeah. and, and I tried, I was like, yeah, it makes sense. You know, that doesn't reflect me anymore. But that's when I was still thinking running from, running from. And I was like, well, man, I'm, I'm still running. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just what I'm running to. So I, I kept the name. Um, it just so happens that uh, all my life I've been a runner in a couple different senses of that word, sure. you know, uh, on, on a physical aspect, you know, in, in, in cross country as, as a kid and stuff like that. Okay. And um, yeah, uh, discovered I had a heart murmur in ninth grade. I had one of those too. Yeah, yeah. It, Irregular it, it heartbeat. Yeah. Stopped me, and uh, you know, doctor was like, "Don't, don't do nothing." So there's no sport distraction. I was too little. The talent pool in Elizabeth. <laughs> I like, I like playing football. I but say, I didn't like playing Elizabeth football. football teams was big time back. Hey, there. basketball. No, I tried out for every sport. <laughs> I tried out for swimming. I, 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 I was so close to dying, drowning. It probably, was bad. Probably not a not the body fat. I tried. We could say that it, I, just, I sucked. If we want to be, if we want to stick with that transparent keep it, keep it a buck. thing, I was just like, I gotta be good at something. And so I tried everything, but but running was it, um, and not even sprints. I, anybody in sprints, give me a little bit, something a little bit longer. Yeah, you know, um, and, and I have a chance, a fighting chance. So and then you know, uh, with the whole endurance, I stumbled onto it accidentally. Mutual friend of ours, Brian, um, uh, he did that tough mutter thing, and he was like. Drag, drag me into it. Team Believe. He said, guys, I just did this mud race 10 miles. You got to run through obstacles and get electrocuted. You got to do this. And the whole time I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even tell us where. So then we, 
you know, we, we did the fundraising for Eric Legrand. Eric Absolutely. Legrand Big Rutgers. shout out Eric Legrand. That's right. He had just suffered a spinal cord injury. And so we did a fundraiser to see how we could, you know, chip in and, and, and help his family out. No doubt. And then um, I was hooked. <laughs> Straight like that. Now, what about, I mean, like, like now, now, now mind you, most people, obviously, the, the, the world of, I think that was what, 08, 09, you know, something like that. 11, 11, 12, 11 12, something like that. Okay, thank you. Man we, man, we was out here kicking it. So we do that for Eric Legrand back then. And it was like an emerging, you know, it was an emerging thing, the Tough Mudders and, and the Spartan race. They were still very young. First years. First, first Literally years. Literally first year. Brian did, I think, the first Tough Mudder. Wow. So I tell people, I said, man, listen, you know, we were on that cutting edge, more or less. Now it's, just, it's, it's this massive sustainable market. So what about it? Like, what about it really kind of brought that sense of fulfillment? Are you just a glutton for punishment? You know, like, is it the finish? Like you said, is it the finished product? Is it the perseverance? I'll tell you, it's a couple of things. Initially, it was an outlet. Uh, it's good. Um, it's talk an outlet. about it. I'll tell you, and I'm going to talk about it as men. Sure. You know, um, we're so accustomed to holding things in, suppressing things, looking the other way, taking a deep breath. Yeah. Um, and, and that all helps us get past a moment. Uh, but that doesn't help us get past the situation. And then what happens when enough pressure accumulates, if we haven't learned to hit that release valve, or if we don't even know if we have one, sure. or if we didn't create one, sure. uh, then it's going to come out somehow, Good. for the most part. You know? no, it's, and it's not always a, 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 a nightmare of a story, of an outcome, no, it's, but it's almost always unfavorable. Absolutely. You know? um, if it doesn't end up with jail time, it ends up with at least you feeling a little bit defeated. Absolutely. You know? and, and disappointed in yourself. So number one, it just became an outlet. I was a runner. Uh, I guess, I don't know, I guess I outgrew the heart murmur because <laughs> I was fine. And then it turns out I was talented sure. it, 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 to a certain degree. I was able to compete uh, at least in my age group level. So then that started fueling it, competitive, yeah. competitive energy. But um, there's the other side that happened years after that when we were introduced to Spartan Race. So let me circle back real quick. With Tough Mudder, we did the fundraiser for Eric Legrand. Absolutely. We got a call from Massachusetts. Hey, we see what you're doing for, for, for paralyzed folks, you know, people with spinal cord injuries. We have a buddy, Tim Morris, uh, from Massachusetts. We'd love for you to do a race with him. Sure. And I was like, we can help raise money for him. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with a paralyzed person. I could barely <laughs> take my scrawny behind from here to there without falling apart. And so he says, no, this guy's a beast. So we did a Tough Mudder with him. Sure enough, he taught us how... Uh, what to look for and how to how to work with his body because he became a certified strength and conditioning coach after his paralysis. Guy's a beast. Tim Morris. Again, Whoa, I'm not a name dropper. Okay. That, that's look him up anywhere. Tim Morris. Tim, we got a highlight. Super proud of him. Love him to death. And um, we did a tough mutter. Turns out uh, one of his college buddies, if I don't if the story serves me, uh, my memory serves me correct, worked for Spartan and said, "Hey, why are you messing with those kind of races? Come over here for real, real challenge." Ooh. So we're like, all right. So I went online. Let's figure out what Spartan is. We're like, it's just another tough mutter, whatever. But when I went to research Spartan, I saw death race. <laughs> Sign me up. Death race. I wish I could say it wasn't that way. But <laughs> I looked at that thing and I said, death race. Started looking, 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 looking. I was like, all right. I said, I'm, I'm okay to do it. Three things got to happen. I'm going to see if I remember the three. I said, number one, uh, my wife has to co-sign. <laughs> number Smart two, um, 
it needs to benefit somebody. Like, I can't just be doing it for me. There's got to be a reason for it. So it's a fundraiser or whatever. And I can't remember what the third thing was. It was three things, and uh, the box is checked off. Mm. So um, uh, Joe DeSena, owner of Spartan, uh, told him, I said, hey, you know, I want to do the death race. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get you to sign up. Yeah, don't worry about it. You won't finish it anyway. And I was like, ah, okay. Ooh, and, the um, disrespect. I can't believe it. Straight off the bat. And 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 he was right. <laughs> three times I DNF'd. I did not finish three death races. The first one I, I, I got cut at 34 and a half hours. The second one I got cut at uh, 52 hours and it finished in 60 hours. So I was eight hours away. No sleep. You had to bring your nutrition, you know, whatever, whatever. Oh, my and then, God. And then the third one I went into with, with the uh, air cast in my ankle and after 48 hours... I think over 50% of us got cut. We were eligible to move on, but they didn't expect us to be able to. So they only set up the station, the next evolution, up the mountain for 12 people. And we were at 20-something. So they're like, guys, did a great job. But you cut. Uh, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, uh, uh, we had to crawl under barbed wire for 15 and a half hours. That's where the Guinness uh, Book of World Record was set by Canadian Eric Hooderer. I don't name drop unless they're, these are people Ooh, that they were name drop. They hey, were Canada. Amazing. So, um, I'm rambling, my bad, but... No, it's good. It's good stuff. This is so insane. So what I realized with Death Race is I have an attraction to the suffering. Mm. Um, there's a whole lot of... And, and this, I, I, don't, I, I don't know the answer yet, but internally, sure. that does something for me. Mm. And, I, and, and Joe will tell you, even... I'm not pleased with my DNS. But <laughs> even through them, I, I'm... Sounds stupid. I love the experience. I'm enjoying the experience while I am hating and disliking the experience. Because I love internally it. it's doing something. Yeah. And, and it's mentally and um and uh yeah, so I don't know. So <laughs> so you know, I'm just so so you you know, a couple times you mentioned that 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 I'm that I'm a trainer, you know, what I do is endurance training. It's life experiences. That's all I share with everything. I don't have much credentials, paperwork. Yeah, know? yeah. But no, neither did the people that wrote the original books. Yeah. You know, they lived things out, tested things out. Then they Probably. documented for others to learn from that. So, sure. But you're um, the athlete, meaning like you have the living experience. You're the endurance athlete. Right. So, you know, I, I invite anybody uh, out there, reach out to me. He invites um, me often, y'all. You know, and I proudly use my seven kids as an excuse to not sign up for the next event that I'm totally unprepared for, so I'm not getting massacred. All I say is <laughs> send me your representative. <laughs> Someone to take your place. Just send them to me. This is all I require. Listen, trust me. Okay. Show up. Trust. Tr I, I don't charge, first of all. I'm not, I'm not in it for the money. Uh, and the second thing is just trust me for that one session. Yeah. For that one session, because you may we'll never come back. So at least for that one session, <laughs> and then I, and then I just have one principle that that work. I've seen it work. Sure. Miracles in people's lives, males, females, young, older, and it's suffer or die. That's the whole philosophy of my training. Okay. All right. I hope everybody got that right there. Okay. Like that's it right there. Y'all hang that. Hang if, your if, hat if, on if, that. If you want a nicer name for it, uh, that's a little bit more appealing. Adversity rehab. But suffer or die. That's suffer or die works. Suffer or die works. And I think I think this weird. There's there's this fascinating dynamic about suffering and the rewards of suffering in the human experience that really connects us to the value of growth, life. Um, I guess really the things that really matter the most in our in our whole human experience. That apart from suffering, we really don't get our best. And I don't know, you know, like what you know, whether it's 
whether it's just our random adversities or even some of the deeper troves of things that we can invite ourselves into or not even just invite, not deliver ourselves from, right? Because ultimately, sometimes you enter these races, it's, it's like you can choose, and I just can't do this. Or at some point, and some, sometimes you might not be able to, or at some point you could just say, I can continue. And so, you know, invite me in, you know, and, and I, I think I think we got a lot, a lot really done here. But when, when I think about your mindset, and it's obviously this limitless type of mindset that you could access, what would you say is the greatest obstacle, adversity, or something that you've had to overcome at this point in your life? Oh, it's that obstacle that I keep failing even while I overcome it every now and again, and it's myself. Mm. My mind, you know, the, the character flaws, you know, that... Uh, Self-doubts, insecurities, you know. Yeah. Some insecurities, you know, by the grace of God, I've been able to shake off. Sure. New ones surface for some reason. New ones are created, you know. It's real. Maybe not created by me, but the atmosphere, the people around, you know. So uh, that's the biggest challenge. It, it, there's a success and failure in overcoming uh, myself. That's powerful. Every, you know, something that we often say is everywhere you go, there you are. Meaning, like, there's no particular environment that can save us from ourselves. At some point, we're going to have to confront all of our flaws, weaknesses, and in a literal sense, sometimes sin, whatever, you know, area that kind of befuddles us or bewilders us. I can't go, if I go to Vermont, it's still me. Right, right. <laughs> I go, if I, oh, man, I just got to leave and go, it's still me. So I think it's, 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 that's, a, that's a real honest obstacle that we're all looking to overcome i was just sharing that earlier today uh um with with, with a relative who uh, earlier today just found out he got out of jail and he moved to another state you yeah know? and and i just you know said hey um you sound a lot like me <laughs> i left jersey clean record yeah while, while participating in a lot of stuff, because it was time to go. Sure. <laughs> we can talk about that some other time, but it was time to leave Jersey. <laughs> Ended up in Arizona, but new scenery, new friends, new attitude, yeah. but same attitude. Yeah. So ended up in prison there. Got you. So same thing I got to share uh, you know, with, 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 with other folks, just that's, like I said. That's real. If that's you're real. still there, the same struggles are still there. It's just what, you know. So although you being the greatest obstacle, like I said, you've had some significant accomplishments um, massive victory, even those three DNFs are victories. You know, most people don't enter the arena, right? Yeah, they don't feel like victory. No, I know. It's not <laughs> but supposed I, but I to, you, but you, yeah, you, yeah. you know, you feel me. What would you say is your greatest, you know, your greatest moment, you know, your greatest achievement? Hasn't happened yet. Mm. All right, I could take that. Now you got to give me your next one. Well, <laughs> In all honesty, I know that I'm jumping from moment to moment. Sure, it's all good. And, and some of those moments, I look at them as uh, little rocks in a river to help me get to that other side. Sure. And, and that's jumping, you know, moment to moment in a good sense. And then there are those moments that I either fail to take advantage of or I take advantage of that are leading me off the cliff that's on that other side. <laughs> so... Um, I'm living moment to moment, uh, but I don't mean that in a depressing sense. I just sure. mean in the, you know, uh, all these moments that are actually defining who I am or who I'm choosing to be, uh, they just continue to happen. Um, there's a starting point 
which I'm not in my consciousness. I don't remember. Sure. I don't know. Remember myself in my mother's womb. There's a present <laughs> point where I'm at right now, and then there's that final destination. Sure. I know that's where where I'm I'm trying to capitalize on moments that lead me there. Sure. Uh, in the physical sense, financial sense, obviously trying to use wisdom as I, you know, uh, leapfrog moments to kind of help position my family in a better financial situation. But the yeah, best, best moment. I want to think about this and frame this properly. What is the motivation for you at this at this point? You're a working professional now. Talk about you know, although you you still record as a, as a, as a rapper, we know everything that you do is to glorify God. That's why you know that's been the basis of our relationship. I know that dynamic father, um, dynamic friend, helped us even open up clean juice, stall cameras, dudes in the ceiling. It was fantastic. This dude's amazing. MacGyver. <laughs> so what, but ultimately what's the motivation and, you know, just speak to your goals moving forward. And you already said that I'm asking you for a moment because I know you've accomplished some significant things. You've overcome some significant trials, but talk to about, talk about your motivation. My motivation, um, is, uh, helping others that, 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 that's good enough for me. And, um, how I measure my success is, is, based on the impact that I have in people's lives. So um, since you're asking for a specific moment, I'll, I'll give you a specific moment um, that comes to mind. Uh, Eric Legrand, when, when he suffered his injury. Sure. And um, I had met him because uh, my son uh, played football, also Pop Warner. So you always heard this name, no. Eric Legrand, Eric Legrand. Big then deal. My son and him went to the same high school. My son played freshman. He was senior at the time. So always seen him from a distance. Um, I got called in, uh, not to name drop, but so to do motivational speaking entertainment for Rutgers. Shiano called me in nice. uh, through some friends, um, mutual mutual friends, to, to speak before home game. So that's where I met Eric LeGrand face to face. Nice. My oldest daughter and his cousin were in the same class together. So we had a lot of little 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 ties. So you know, and we struck a friendship there. The next year is when when his paralysis happened, and um, um, I, I gave up uh, years ago on trying to. Uh, rap for a career. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. That's, that's not an interest for me. Um, but rap is a method of communication. Sure. Um, which I enjoy using, especially because my audience loves loves rap. You okay. know? And um, so I had, I had created a song called Believe um, to help encourage Eric and his and his family. And um, I took sound bites from from the announcers when they when they're. Eric Grant's taking off the field, you know, just the, the whole nine and, and video footage and pictures and of, that, that, of that moment. And uh, I told, I told uh, his grandmother, hey, you know, if you want to just a gift for Eric? And she's like, why don't you come to the hospital and give it to him yourself? Kessler, wow. I mean, he's still at Kessler Institute sure. in uh, was it East Orange or South Orange, whatever. Yep. So I went there. Um, it was his mom. I believe his dad was there. And I can't remember who else. Um, so I gave him the CD, and they, and they put it on, and Eric's in the bed, paralyzed, neck down. Mom's watching Eric, and I'm watching the mom. So I'm like at a distance, you know. Um, no one heard the song before. Mm. And, and it's, you know, so intro kicks in. Eric's listening. He starts bobbing his head, 
And then a couple, maybe 30 seconds later, mom kind of relaxed. And then tears started coming out mm. because of the words of, I believe, life and encouragement that were in that song. And then I'm over here watching that happen, the impact it's having on his life. Uh, the mom, the, the, re, the release is yeah, the best way yeah, to describe yeah. it. Just, it just felt like, like, like I was watching something, a, a heaviness being released out of them. Yeah. And then now I'm fighting the tears back, and I'm like, wow, God, okay. It's, it's, not, it's not supposed to be a for sale type of thing. It's not supposed to be a look at what I've done or what I can do. It's a look at what it did here to the, to the family, to the people who needed it. So ever since then, um, you know, I, I, I do things that impact people's lives. Sometimes it's just as a gift, as a one-on-one type of thing, sure. you know, um, and other times it's just meant to reach a, a larger, a larger group, but it's powerful, bro. Powerful. And, and like, and that's, that's the whole thing. I think the, the, the power in, in your simplicity and your simple intentional day by day moments, it, it has, it has the wake effect, right? It's like a little pebble that we throw out into the water and, and there's a hundred rings, you know, that, that, that are reverberating. And like I said, that's the friend you've been to me. I got a chance to be, a, you know, a, a small little sliver of the team believe story. Still got my tough mother picks still to this day. I still got, you know, I don't have my headband anymore, but, um, I know where you can get one. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know where to find anything crazy, but, um, <laughs> but man, honestly, man, like, like I want to, I just want to encourage you talk to us and just, you know, just on, just on the way out, where can we find you? Um, and is there anything that I would even say that you that you're working toward? Um, got you know got you know got some 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 coals in the fire and all that good stuff, um, so that we can just stay in tune with with the, the the power of your impact. You can find me at a Spartan race. Come on, man, talk about it. You can find me at a Tough Mudder. Uh, you can find me at Spartan Decca. I work for Spartan now. Um, I always I always tell my kids this. The perfect job for me is one where I have a, a generous and appreciative boss. Sure. My plate is full, and, and I'm not in a box where I'm, where I'm allowed to use my creativity to, to benefit the, 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 the company. Sure. Uh, and number three, something that I'm passionate about. Mm. And my prior job supplied the first two, and I had an amazing boss. You yeah. Know, I learned so much from him, mentor of mine, uh, uh, on the DL. <laughs> I soaked up so much from practicing generosity. Last just by watching his life, things sure. practicing generosity. Yeah. So, so working for uh, for Spartan, um, it's, it's a passion. You mentioned Team Believe a couple of times. We didn't touch on it, but uh, Team Believe. For those who are unaware, you can find it on Instagram. Uh, Team Believe nine two three is the handle. Um, we because of Tim's training of us, sure. we, we take adaptive athletes of all different uh, uh, abilities or disabilities. Uh, we train them up and we and we take them through bucket list items, whether it's an Ironman, a Spartan race, a Tough Mudder. If it's crazy and, 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 and you as the adaptive athlete, sure you want some of this, we'll, we'll give it to you. And, um, <laughs> so it's really, really exciting. Uh, so, yeah, so Spartan race. Uh, Nelson Runaway Diaz on Instagram. I am probably the most inactive uh, on social media, but I do so respond good. to my messages. You know, I just I'm, I'm trying to get in the habit of posting stuff up there on the music front. Um, I see opportunities all the time to create something to speak life to people or people groups. So I, I am working on on some stuff, not looking for record label type of stuff. Sure. Um, I think I think there's too much that comes along with that that I don't. Oh, want to be a part oh, buddy, of. oh, buddy. I believe that people, you know, if people see the mission, the vision, and hear the talent, and they want to get behind it to push sure. it further, 
Absolutely welcome those conversations. Listen, man, I, I just know you to be the man of um, strategic intent, man. Like, you know, like you are the simple, you know, I, I know Assassin was previously attached to your artistry name, but you're, 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 you're an assignment assassin, man. You're driven by means of purpose. You've demonstrated that with people like Eric Legrand with nothing to gain at all. And even people like myself, just by virtue of our relationship, man, I want to thank you for coming through, dropping these dimes, catching this moment, but ultimately sharing that process, even some of the ugly, right? Because we that's what we do, um, that, that really allowed you to cultivate this life of meaning, man. So appreciate you for, for checking in with us. It's been an honor. Well, thank Listen, you. I need everybody to stay locked in. Just, I want y'all to lay hold of what Nelson had to say, man. You can actually strategize simplicity so that you can get on tr on track with your mission so that you can achieve your next moment and live within your purpose. So I want to appreciate y'all. Y'all make sure y'all dial in with us next week. Catch the moment.